1: It's the MRI heard around the basketball world. A shoulder subluxation, which is a fancy way of saying partial dislocation for Steph Curry. The good news no torn labrum, because that takes even longer to heal than this. Warriors say he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. Conservative guesstimates think he could miss about a month of basketball with the golden state warriors welcome damon bruce ray Ratto, with you ray uh that was about as benign an on-court action that has ever led to uh, a month off for steph curry i mean it it just a normal reach in all ball by the way all ball but he really hurt himself i mean he you could see it just right away and the way that he was carrying his shoulder that's like the international sign for i I might have dislocated this thing
3: yeah it it it's one of those injuries where you don't imagine that it is gonna to amount to much of anything because they put themselves through so much. And then you see the look on his face goes, ah, that's... That ain't good. That, that's not only, not, I, I thought it was gonna be worse. I thought he'd torn you know torn a pectoral muscle or something because after all, I am a doctor. But I no, I thought the fact that he might be out a month was gonna be on the conservative side.
1: So we will see. They say they're going to reevaluate in two weeks. Which is, means that maybe he'll be ready in four. Right. Kick, I, kick I the can you come down I, the road? I
3: apply uh, a formula when the Warriors say they're going to reevaluate something. That means if it's two weeks, that means he might be back in four. If it's four weeks, eight. I just double whatever their reevaluation time is. is this and then the, I'm wrong about that too.
1: Is this the theory of triple leprosy?
3: Uh, no, le-
1: triple leprosy has been vetted by scientists. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time anywhere since Steph Curry got hurt, since we've learned of the Steph Curry injury diagnosis, Steve Kerr joins us today live at 3.30. It'll be his first public He'll be thrilled. Yeah, it'll be his first public comments on the injury, what this looks like going forward. Jordan Poole, step on up. Does this mean Moses Moody, step on up? Does this mean more Ty Jerome, which clearly was not a good strategy last night? And uh, it's, it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation, not only because of who he is, what you've lost, but the Warriors have done no favors to themselves, building up any cushion for something like this to happen. And when it comes to the young players that they just do not have the faith in, To give the minutes to the trust in to give the minutes to what they've basically done is delay growing pains it's not like these guys when they're finally ready to go out there and play will be growing pain free so the warriors have maybe kicked the growing pains of young players down the road in this season to the point where you might be going through growing pains with these young players at the worst possible time. Ray, I'm not saying everybody is pretty much just rolling their eyes at the NBA regular season these days. You know, the Boston Celtics have come out pretty hot and they got something to play for. They're looking a little frisky. Same thing with Milwaukee. The Western Conference has pretty much decided, hey, are we just going to take the first 41 games of this year seriously or not? No. Everyone across the board, everyone votes no. Great. What kind of shape are the Warriors going to be in when it really comes to the 41 game sprint that will be the second half of this year? Because they're going to have to go, you know, I don't know, 30 and 11 to be guaranteed a, a top four seed. And based on what I've seen so far, there ain't a 30 and 11 stretch in this team this year.
3: Well, yeah, based on what you've seen, the problem is based on what you've seen is a bunch of false positives from a lot of different guys. It's not they haven't really resembled the Warriors that we've come to know, starting with they don't defend or they don't defend well enough often enough Two, they don't have the level of second team veteran presence that allows for growing pains. I think they may have guessed wrong on Jermichael Green. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo is okay, but I don't know that he's a game changer for him. I mean, last year, you know, they were modestly appointed by guys like Gary Payton and Otto Porter Till all of a sudden the game started to really matter, like post-All-Star break. And then you saw how important they were. And maybe that's what happens here, too. But, yeah, based on the first 28 games, they are a team that's about where they ought to be. I mean, and
1: they're certainly no better than that. And maybe they're slightly worse. Draymond Green did this team absolutely no favors by running. I mean, just stop talking, Draymond. Like, Steph Curry is in the locker room. You can't get ejected from this game. And he can't stop talking to an official in a moment where he can't get ejected from the game. If, if I were Steve Kerr, I would have walked in that locker room last night and said, Draymond, thanks for nothing. Thanks for absolutely nothing tonight. You know, I needed you to be a leader. Not someone just, you know, thinking it was time to argue with an official. How are you going to get ejected when Steph Curry's sitting back in the locker room hurt? And call yourself a team first guy. That's selfish. It's
3: selfish. It's immature. Well, it's also not very tactical because you had two guys in that three-man crew who are pretty conciliatory in Jason Goldenberg and and Nick Buckert. And Tyler Ford, who is the guy who teed him up, is one of those annoying little red asses who, you know, likes to establish that he's in charge. And the best officials don't have to establish that because they've established it the minute they walk on the floor. And to me, Draymond Green has been around long enough to... The point where if he needs to vent, even if Ford makes the call, go to the other guys. Yeah, go to Buckert. Buckard's worked playoff games before. You know, don't even don't even test Goldenberg. He may not be ready for that yet. But go to Buckert and say, What's going on here? I mean, go ahead, get it out, but you have a better chance of surviving the tantrum if you're more tactical about who you're screaming at. And that's something a veteran
1: knows. And he's a veteran, and he should know it. Well, again, there's a lot of things that Draymond should know, but doesn't apply in a lot of ways. Uh, And and what's really also weird is it looked like Draymond had figured out how to score just a little. And then all of a sudden he decided, I'm not going to score anymore this year. So the Warriors are not well positioned. I mean, in a world of does it feel right or wrong? Things feel wrong now. Having just ripped Draymond, uh, I'm going to tell you that I believe what he said after that Celtics win when he said like they can beat anybody at home. I do believe him. At home, it feels like this team can still reach into its big bag of tricks and pull out whatever illusion it needs to to still look and play like the Golden State Warriors. On the road, they're the Orlando magic. Why such a huge pendulum swing between home and road? Again, Steve Kerr joins us at 3 o'clock today. We have the first interview, excuse me, 3.30 today. Uh, The first uh, interview of Steve Kerr since Steph's injury has become public knowledge here. So we're looking forward to talking to him. And we also have the piece of news to share with you right now that the Warriors have recalled James Wiseman and Ryan Rollins from Santa Cruz. We'll ask Steve if they'll be available to play tomorrow night. Again, Steve Kerr coming up at 3.30. I think
3: we know the answer to that
1: one. Yes. Yeah. It's all hands on deck. You would think it's amazing how many all hands on deck situations have been accompanied by coach DMPs, though, this year. Well, I mean, Weissman got time the last time they set three of their
3: veterans, and now they're going to have three of their veterans out tomorrow in Philly. And That's Weissman's right. right. no, going to have to play because Rudy, um, not Rudy Gobert, but. Uh, uh, Joel
1: Embiid is running rampant. Oh, and James Wiseman should absolutely gain a lot of confidence, having gotten five minutes against no centers well, in in Utah. And then hey, or go ahead and guard Joel Embiid. Well, who are you going to put on him? I mean, Draymond Green. Well, that's but, it, Draymond. You're, any minute, Joel's in the game. You're my center. You're defending him. But I understand he's may not play tomorrow. Well, then I really like the Sixers. Yeah. They're I mean, not it, here's the thing. The Warriors are probably not winning a game between now and Christmas. That's just the reality of it all. They're gonna have to pull some serious tricks out of their you know what to well, cover up the absence.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, the the second group that has shown some signs of growth, but mostly not, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to play better. And they're gonna have to play better in bulk with each other
1: as a unit. I mean that's just how that's gonna be. So I would tell you that it's going to take nothing less than an injury to Steph Curry to knock the San Francisco 49ers out of the opening monologue today. They got a monster opportunity in front of them tonight. Basically, the choice for the 49ers tonight is eliminate stress. They have a chance to eliminate the stress of the rest of this regular season. They win and they're in with a home game to begin their playoff journey. Tonight, if they don't do that, all of a sudden you breathe life back into Seattle and any rest you might be able to buy over the remaining regular season turns into less of an opportunity to rest up guys, get guys healthy, get guys feeling, you know, no twings in their hammies or anywhere in their knees or ankles. This is a very, very important game for The San Francisco 49ers tonight in Seattle. We're going to be talking about it, obviously. Drake Greenlaw stops on by the show at 4.15. We have Steve Kerr live at 3.30. We're going to check in from Seattle with our man, John Dickinson. He's joining us at about uh, 4.45 today. And if you miss Steve Kerr live with us at 3.30, we're going to have a Kerr replay for you in our 5 o'clock hour as well. If you want major news to break... Just have me take a day off. And sure enough, Carlos Correa. We got a lot to talk about there too, Ray. We got an awful lot this afternoon. Great show for you. Damon and Ratto, it's good to be with you. We are brought to you by ChooseChangeCA.org.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone.
1: Now, back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. It is great to have you here. The merch store is open, boys and girls. 957thegameshop.com. The, the The relevant t-shirt that we do have is the best t-shirt I think that the station is offering. That's a pretty good one. We'll see if uh, the ship can continue its orbit. First road game for Brock... It's it's a great story. I mean, and, and everyone's sinking their teeth into the fact that this guy, last pick in the draft, not only looked pretty good, but is being billed as, hey, there should be absolutely no difference between, you know, this guy, Jimmy Garoppolo. And it, look at it this way. If it were that easy to run Kyle Shanahan's offense, anybody would be able to do it. Like anyone would have Jimmy Garoppolo's sort of winning percentage, but nobody but Jimmy Garoppolo has the winning percentage except for brock purdy whose winning percentage is 100 ray can't beat that can't get better than that oh you could you just have to cheat speaking of which you excited for carlos correa
3: excited it's probably overstating it but i find it interesting
1: i think it's really interesting too this guy is now the richest infielder of all time 13 years 350 million dollars it is the fourth largest contract
3: of any kind, just in terms of total dollars committed.
1: Yeah. It's it's a monster for a guy who's really only a two-time All-Star. Um, he was the Rookie of the Year, and, and he is a natural hitter. But the very first thing I did was you know run to his baseball reference page to start looking at career stats and splits and all this stuff. And, eh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't think I would be going, eh. Would you say the fourth largest contract in the history of Major League Baseball? In terms of total money, yeah.
3: It is also the largest contract ever for a player entering his 28th year.
1: And, like, I, it, I don't dislike the deal, but it is a head scratcher, a little bit of a head scratcher in terms of the Giants did that. You figure if the Giants are going to throw down money for that, they'd be getting the guy with the gaudy numbers, the guy who was instant box office. I don't think Carlos Correa is either of those things. Now, he could prove himself to be the first piece of a new way of doing business, which if the Giants are going to be keeping up with the Dodgers and the Padres, kind of needs to be the reality of this whole thing not only are they going to continue to have to add free agent talent which excellent free agent talent is priced at insanity these days but they need their own farm system to start coming through for them too very interesting times and we're going to get into the giants a little bit later on today steve kerr for the first time anywhere joins us in nine minutes talking about steph curry's injury now that it has come into focus a little bit uh Shams was on the Bally Sports The Rally talking about what he really thought would be the not just the prognosis for Steph Curry, but the time away. Sources tell me that Steph Curry has sustained a labrum injury in that left shoulder. Um, it's not believed to be super serious because, you know, it could have been a case where a, a torn labrum and surgery and you're out. You know, this jeopardizes most of the remainder of the season. But in this case, I'm told surgery is not expected to be required, and he's going to be reevaluated in about two weeks. And the expectation, though, is that he's going to be be out even beyond that, probably closer to a month. Month before Steph Curry can return to the floor. It's, of course, a devastating blow to a Warriors team that's reeling right now and, and tough because Christmas Day is right around the corner. That Grizzlies-Warriors game was a template game for the NBA on Christmas Day, but no Steph Curry on Christmas Day and no Steph Curry for about the next month for the Warriors at least. The good news is, Ray, they can't flex the Warriors out of that game, so they're still playing on Christmas Day.
3: Yeah, and maybe Memphis will just have a load management day, day that day too, and then the fans will get the the G League game on Christmas that they've always wanted.
1: No, let's let's not go that far. Hopefully, why we not? That let's far. have some chaos. Hey, I'm going to be home watching too, drinking, drinking. <laughs> uh, this you did not have to emphasize drinking. We will be irishing up all coffees on Christmas morning. Uh, Damon and Ratto here. Steve Kerr in about seven minutes. This is Changa calling from Oakland. What's going on, Chaga? Well, I, I, that's a Chaga. Yeah, we go Chaga. What do you got?
4: There we go, Chaga. <laughs> hey, how y'all doing, Damon Rattle? Um, I just wanted to make a point about, uh, you had made a point earlier about the bench and Jermichael Green and Dante DiVincenzo. And what I want to, like, put emphasis on is the difference between them and Otto Porter and Gary Payton um, and GP2. So GP2 was, like, fighting for a contract, fighting for money. Otto Porter was, like, almost out the league. Like, the Warriors... The Warriors drafted these bench players like hungry bench players. Like Dante DiVincenzo could have easily got a contract with another team. Even maybe even Michael Green. Like the urgency for to make money and to get back in the league and to like still have their like you know their their shine in the league. You know what I mean? Like they don't have those bench players like that. They don't have nobody hungry, hungry for a new contract, hungry for some money.
1: Well, I mean these these young players should be pretty hungry for some playing time. I mean, and that's what I think they're they were counting on and they were expecting one or two guys to grab the ring that they just they haven't grabbed let's I'm going to go right back to you but that's I mean there are guys who are hungry but they're just not being fed any minutes right now
4: yeah but these players you talk about contracts they be talking about money at the end of the day they want to do good because they know they don't get a contract at the end. right but these rookies are all trying to
1: establish themselves in the league that's how
3: you get paid but it's not a, it's not about the hunger it's about do you have a skill set that is adaptable to the things that your team needs and Porter and Payton both did. You know, Jermichael Green has not yet found his place. You know, DiVincenzo is starting to find it, but, you know, he's not hes not a fully comfortable warrior yet either. It's not about hunger. I don't believe there are very many players in this league that don't want to play hard and that don't play hard. I think it, playing hard is the, is the minimum standard, and most players meet that. It's a question of, does your skill set match the team you're playing? And can you apply it against the majority of opponents? And I think that's where the Warriors are coming up short. It's not, it's not desire.
1: It's basically applicable skills. Look, I, I want to believe you. But then you got Steve Kerr basically saying things like this after last night's game. I mean, you say it's not hunger, and he's saying... There ain't enough energy out there.
5: We needed more space on the floor. We just couldn't get anything going in the first half. I think we had 52 points and down 20. We had to change just the feel, the vibe of the game. And so JK gave us a good boost, gave us a little more of a dive threat to the rim. And then that created some some spacing for other guys too. And um, as I said, I, I thought the biggest change was not the lineup. It was just our mentality. And I liked the way the guys competed together. Well. You know, See good.
1: You know, hooray. They got the mentality to compete. That's supposed to be baked into every single game. You're the Golden State Warriors, for goodness sakes.
3: Well, but these Warriors are different than the Warriors of a year ago, and they're much different than the Warriors of three years ago. I mean, we've talked about it all year long. It's that the difference between their first unit and their second unit has been a chasm. And they're trying to close that distance. And, you know, now they, you know, they either will or they won't. And this this next two to four weeks will have a lot to say about you know whether they can get to that point where they are fully comfortable playing the kind of basketball required to play on
1: this team it sounded just from the way Kerr was talking about the minutes that Moses Moody gave him last night in Indianapolis that we are going to be seeing more than you know Moses Moody and now that we know that You know, Curry is going to be out. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, the Warriors used to have the luxury of time and being patient and not having to force things. They really don't have that luxury anymore this season. They're going to have to start sticking some, some you know triangles through the circle. They're going to have to start mixing and matching. Now, you know, there's no more time to wait around for perfect. You're going to have to settle on pretty good some of these nights, especially with the Curry injury. Anyways, here's Steve Kerr on Moses Moody last night.
5: I'm really pleased with his play over the last couple of weeks. You know, he's gotten opportunities and, and he's made the most of them. So every game is different. But what's made this year tricky is that, you know, you got different guys out, different combinations and uh, a lot of new people. And we're trying to find the right combinations. But Moses done a great job. And, you know, I imagine he'll be out there next game.
1: Again, uh, there's no real, you know, finding the perfect right combination combinations anymore. It feels like that train's left town. You just need bodies to go out and play. Uh, Moses Moody talked about this being a test for him I mean we could see the game
3: wasn't going how we wanted it to A lot of stuff wasn't going right I feel like times like this is a test For your team and your resilience To see stuff going the wrong way And you could either you know, start pointing fingers and get down Or you can have what it takes to fight back And that mindset doesn't really change If you got it right now during regular season During a random away game You have that same mindset in the playoffs And everybody looking So just making sure we have that and building on that
1: I know we're getting uh, Steve Kerr on the line. He should be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. We can tell you that as the team moves on to Philadelphia to meet the in Kate Scotts tomorrow night, Steph Curry obviously is out. Andrew Wiggins is out, but there is some good news. Andrew Wiggins was cleared to practice today, so hopefully his return will be on the horizon. Maybe even before this road trip ends, Draymond Green is uh, questionable with a quad bruise. So Warriors are just two games into a rough six-game East Coast road trip that just became rougher last night. But the good news is no surgery for Steph Curry. And it doesn't feel like a day of good Steph Curry news, but that's a season saver right there. That's a straight-up season saver that this man will not be under a knife anytime soon. It's bad news that sucks less than it could have. Let's put it that way i guess that's about as sunny as it gets you're right yeah i mean just you know, losing that guy for a month eats it but Hey, losing that guy for the minutes he's resting on the bench is bad for the golden state warriors but a month without him yeah oh, i no, mean that's got i mean how many games do you usually play in an nba month about 11 12 games throughout oh, the month uh, 14 15 okay 14 15 games The way that this team is going right now, 14, 15 games without Steph Curry, I don't even know what to say that could come in looking like. We do, though, have Steve Kerr, brought to you by Xfinity. Stay connected, protected, and entertained. Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Always appreciate your time. Steph's MRI today revealed the partial dislocation. I'm not a doctor. But man, good news that there is no surgery attached. But when I hear he'll be reevaluated in two weeks, that makes me, and makes a lot of the basketball world think he could be out about a month here. Do you feel that way?
5: Uh, I have no idea how long he'll be out. I'm just relieved that it was uh, not more serious and that uh, he will be back. So, um, yeah, that was good news today.
1: Uh, You know, Ray and I were just talking about how replacing him in just the minutes he rests during a game has been quite a head scratcher and a headache for you guys. So looking at any sort of, you know, um, sustained absence of Steph Curry is obviously bad news for him, but it does create opportunity for others. And I, I guess there's some silver lining. Uh, you know, you, we are going to see more pool. We're going to see more moody, clay, Greenlight personified.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, when uh, when guys go down, there's always opportunity for for other players, and and that'll be the case here. Um, and we're going to have to, uh, you know, hold down the Ford because it's it's not going to be easy. It's been a rough go anyway, even with Steph, um, especially on the road. Uh, the good news is, you know, we, we uh, obviously with 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 the the news today, um, Steph will be back with lots of season left and um it doesn't feel like anybody's running away with the west and if as long as we can just stay within striking range um you know we feel good about our team and being you know, when we're healthy so we just gotta just gotta navigate the uh the path and, and go from there
3: how um when you when you saw him get hurt and you saw the reaction on his face are you by nature in that moment a pessimist um, like thinking oh god it's the year or oh god it's three months uh, do you go to the dark place when you see a guy get hurt or do you have you learned how to just process that you know as it comes
5: yeah I mean there's there's really nothing you can do about it when it happens and, and um, you know last night it happened in, late in the third quarter so we're right in the middle of a close game and we gotta turn our attention to the game itself Um, So I didn't really have time to think much about it. And then as soon as we got into the locker room, I was able to to talk to Steph briefly. And he he thought that, um, you know, and he was right, that it wasn't going to be too serious. Um, So it was all, um, it all felt like uh, this is, you know, this is something that's going to be manageable.
1: He was absolutely cooking. Right up into that injury, too. I mean, he was just playing a spectacular game. Um, it, the injury seemed like just such a benign play, a play that is made in an NBA game 25, 35, 45 different times, and the way that Steph has completely rocked up his body. I, I was stunned to see him come away, but it just shows you how, how precious and delicate it all is, and shoulders and knees and ankles. these are These are really not friends to athletes
5: yeah i mean it's it's uh it, these guys take a beating and uh and we 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 pay for it later on in life you know trust me every, everything hurts now for me <laughs> so it's uh you know it, it's it's part of it and um you know steph is such an incredible athlete in terms of his dedication to his conditioning and his endurance and um he'll find a way over the next couple of weeks to uh to maintain his body the best way he can, and uh, yeah, he's always uh, he's always f- figuring it out as he goes uh, physically. And uh, but you're right, he was amazing last night. He's had a spectacular season, and uh, hopefully, in the end, this is uh, just a blip, and he gets gets a little rest the next. Two three weeks and then uh, and then he comes back strong. So that's the that's the hope.
1: How thankful is your medical staff that this, this is his offhand his non shooting shoulder?
5: Yeah, I didn't really talk to Rick yet about that, but I would assume that that um, plays a role. That that's helpful, especially in his recovery. Uh, I would think he'd be more likely to be able to. Uh, the shoot and stuff, you know, uh, before he comes back. Just uh, given that his right shoulder is healthy, but I don't know. We'll we'll see how it all unfolds the next couple of weeks.
3: Without telling me what the actual answer to this is, I'm going to ask: How much time have you spent since the end of last night to thinking about the new rotations? Uh, I mean, how quickly do you sort of go from "God, that really sucks for him" to "Oh my God, I got to fix this"?
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, you start thinking about it um, almost immediately. And um, first in the context of, you know, what does it mean for the Sixers? How do, we, how do we handle that game? And then in terms of what does it mean for, you know, the next couple of weeks against everybody else, uh, Joel Embiid is so unique uh, as a player that, um, you know, you, 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 you have to think of the Sixers a little differently than you would um, you know any other team, but um, you know we are about to head to dinner as a as a staff and uh, hash all this stuff out and hopefully you know come come up with a good plan to to put to put some good combinations on the floor and find the right path.
1: Steve Kerr here on ninety five seven. The game. Does uh, are you a stress eater? Will there be an extra dessert tonight with all this? <laughs>
5: i'm really not i'm you know i'm i'm relatively calm at this stage of my career you know other than that milwaukee game the other night when i lost my mind on the refs but but for the most part i'm able to you know stay pretty rational about all this stuff i mean it's your injuries are part of it um you know losses are part of it it's uh this 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 gig is not easy for players or for coaches, and and that's why we celebrate the way we do when we win because it's it's really hard. But um, that's the challenge, and that's something that we all kind of look forward to each day.
1: You know, one of the things that I think is a little difficult about this whole thing too is because you're now going to get the opportunity to evaluate some players, give some more minutes to you know, uh, you know, obviously Jordan Poole, I'm assuming is going to be starting games here. You know, Moses Moody comes into focus, and as important as the minutes will be and the growth and practice and development that they need, how do you actually evaluate whatever you're about to see knowing that the Warriors really aren't the Warriors or showing any sort of evaluation period without Steph Curry? I mean, you, you have talked time and time again how difficult it is to play around the core of this group. So how do you evaluate independent progress without the main cog that is Steph Curry?
5: Well, you, you don't worry about that stuff too much. You just, you just try to win each game and, um, you try to put the best combinations that you can on the floor. You know, um, you know, one of the reasons that, that, uh, I played Ty Jerome, you know, in, in games when we're shorthanded is we need an organizer. We need, you know, we need a guy to, to help us uh, get organized and, 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 uh, make make play calls and, and, you know, get us into a position to succeed. And so it's, uh, it's not a case where you can say, all right, Steph's out. Well, let's just play all our young guys or let's play this, this group of, you got, you got to find the right combinations. And, uh, and that's, that changes as soon as Steph goes out. You know, combinations change because of the, the, the difference in, in the talent level. So that's what we have to figure out. And, and within that, we're, we're just teaching the young guys and watching film with them and giving them their opportunities. And, and it's all part of their development. Ah.
3: In terms just of the process of trying to figure out new combinations, uh, do you have sort of a... Uh, guide to how long you feel comfortable that that should take or is it just you're frantically trying to keep up the wallpaper until it sticks
5: yeah it depends on on uh, what time of the year it is i think early in the year you're you're much more likely to give something you know 8 or 10 games and uh, now that we're you know a third of the way into things it's it's a little different you know you you can't afford to give if certain combinations uh, a long rope you, you have to uh, you have to, to, to get results right away and so you're much more likely to to uh, make quicker decisions. Steve Kerr here on
1: Damon and Ratto. you've just announced there are some reinforcements on the way from Santa Cruz James Wiseman and Ryan Rollins are going to be with you I believe as early as tomorrow uh, can yeah. we expect to see them on the court tomorrow what will their ask be?
5: we'll see you know they're they're gonna take the red-eye tonight which is not easy um you know so hopefully they'll get some sleep on the on the plane and they'll come to shoot around in the morning and um they'll you know they'll be suited up for tomorrow night but um at this point um i imagine with Embiid, it'll be a, a a committee trying to guard him and uh so i would think james will be out on the floor some and um It's a nice so welcome I'm, back to
1: the NBA, I'm right? To see you. That's a that's a rough welcome back. Uh your sure first is. first assignments sure. to LMB. Go at it, kid. That's tough. Um I, I've looked at, at Andre Iguodala as someone who was going to be there like break in case of emergency and inside you don't pull the fire alarm but you pull Andre Iguadala into your rotation. Uh, should I just stop asking about Andre Iguodala at this point? Or is is, is there a situation that has just presented himself that it's going to accelerate his timeline and he's going to be out there playing maybe sooner than the original plan might have been?
5: He's, he's going to play at some point. Um, but we just don't have a date. I mean, the, the whole point is uh, we're, 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 we we're just want him healthy in the playoffs. And uh, but he's he's working every day with our training staff. He's getting shots up. Um, so the answer is yes. Just stop asking, and at some point, he'll be back out on the floor, and then we can talk about him then.
3: Well, let, let me ask this then, since I'm not going to ask directly about that. Will you know he's ready when he starts getting impatient to play again? Is How much of a metric is that?
5: He'll just, you know, he and the training staff will tell me. Um, they'll say, all right, let's, you know, let's ramp it up, and, uh, you know, he's going to play next Tuesday, whatever it is. So um uh, i'm not overly concerned about that because i've got a you know i've got enough stuff to to worry about and whenever whenever that time comes then uh, i'll be excited to get him back out there
3: Just make a list of the things you're worried about in order
5: <laughs> number one steph's injury <laughs> how's that for a start okay three four and five as well don't you think no, I, I'm not sure. I really want to go down that path, but uh, no, I'm saying Steph th- could
1: qualify for all of them.
5: <laughs> yeah, he he sort of factors into all of them for sure. But um, you know, we got to play better on the road. I mean, <clears throat> I think we're two and thirteen or something, two and twelve, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> that that's just so unlike us. Um, so we've we've got to connect the game. I, you know, I ju- it just feels like when we're on the road, we are getting scattered offensively and we're too chaotic you know taking bad shots or turning it over with 23 turnovers 24 turnovers last night i think and that leads to bad defense and it's just it's a hard recipe you know to 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 throw in there if you think you're going to win on the road so we got to we got to get solid
1: you know after that win over the celtics draymond said something that i I believe in I, i think you guys can beat anybody at home at home you're officially still the Golden State Warriors, but on the road again, it's 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 like the Orlando Magic, and it's got to leave you scratching your head. You just kind of went into some detail about the scatteredness of it all. Is is this are, are are you more easily intimidated with the you know makeup of this team than you were a year ago? Any rhyme or reason to such a huge pendulum in between who you are at home and who you are on the road? And is there any fear that who you are on the road? isn't necessarily who you really are but that's i've always said like who you're at home is it shows you where it could go the pinnacle how far it could go the potential that you have to be as good as humanly possible but you are kind of who you
5: are on the road uh, do you feel that way I mean, if you're going to be a, a, a team that goes places, you have to win some road games, for sure. Because that's what, you know, Raymond always has the stat, however many playoff series in a row we've won a road game. Um, that's a really significant stat. Yeah. And I forget what it is, 25 or something. or
1: Basically all of them.
5: <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, you know, for the last uh, nine years or so, ten years, uh, the Warriors have won a road playoff game. So, um that that's a good indicator that you got a championship contender. So uh, we we have to be better and and uh, and we will. Um, but um, you know it's it, it's just taking time. We've got young players who are doing a great job. You know Moses Moody has played well the last couple of weeks, and Dominguez been been you know much better and, and settling into a good role. Um, you know, and we've got our new guys are now. I think finding themselves. Uh, Dante has been really good. Jermichael had an excellent game last night. So, you know, we're finding we're finding um, roles for guys, but um, it's not coming together. You know, we we it, it still has to come together, and that that's probably going to take some more time, especially with Steph out before
3: this season. Yeah, and I'm not asking you to compare this to any of those, but what was the longest time it took for you to feel like the parts were meshing to the point where the game was in fact connected on a routine basis?
5: Before this season, meaning uh, in in all of the seasons that I've coached here with the Warriors, yeah. Uh, well, um, I guess two. You know, you, you kind of throw out the injury year. Yeah. Um, when everybody was out, but two years ago when we lost in the play-in, um, it took us three quarters of the season to find ourselves, and, and you know we were really good over the last twenty games or so. Um, but it it took a long time uh, for us to find it, and um, it's it just varies. Every year is different, and the circumstances are different, personnel's different, and um, you know we we've we've got to keep keep plugging away. Steve
1: Kerr with us here on ninety-five-seven. The game, just for a few more minutes, um, specifically about last night. You're down twelve with eight minutes to play, which is the equivalent of you know being down four in the modern NBA. <laughs> and, and Draymond gets tossed. You know, with Curry nursing an injury back in the locker room, Draymond just cannot stop talking to an official long enough to not get thrown out of the game. How much does that frustrate you? <laughs>
5: Well, it's frustrating, but it's, uh, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, it, it had been a rough game for Draymond. Uh, he had a couple of questionable travel calls on him. Um, he's frustrated. He, you know, he, he, he is, Draymond is who he is, and so you can't embrace the passion and the desire and the competitiveness that leads to championships and leads to this amazing era that we're in. And then and then separate that from the ejections. Like it doesn't work that way. It's all part of the package. So um, I love Draymond. He's the ultimate champion, the ultimate winner. Uh, he he lives on the edge in this league, and sometimes he goes over, and he always comes back. So um, I'm I'm good with it. I will I will ride with Draymond forever.
3: Is there anything? And this may be an idiot's question, but since you consider the source, you can. <laughs> make the proper assumption. Um, is there anything to the notion that Draymond, Draymond has been in the league often enough that when he feels an official is frustrating him, that he could have the presence of mind to go maybe to the veteran official in the group to make his case rather than the guy who offended him? Or is that too much of an ask for any player?
5: Well, you saw uh, you know a couple nights ago in Milwaukee. Um, in what was a tough night for for him and for all of us, um, he calmly went over to the official and pointed out the the fan who was threatening him. You know, and and um, you know, so he he's absolutely capable of uh, you know calmly taking handling a situation, but it's not always going to be that way. And like I said, um, I embraced Draymond for. Uh, who he is because he he cares uh, dramatically about the outcome and about his play. He's passionate about the team, about the Warriors, passionate about everything. And uh, you know he's he's occasionally going to get tossed from a game. He's a, he's going to get a lot of technicals. That's all part of it, and um, you, you you live with that.
1: I know you're a big sports fan. I know you love a great sports story. What do you think of what
5: Brock Purdy has done with the 49ers? Oh, it's awesome, you know, and, and um, it. it, it I, I think a little bit of of the NBA when I when I see the, um, the the success that he's had after I think playing four years in college. Right? Did he play four years? Yes, he I did. Yes, he did. Yeah, and I, I just, you know, I think there are some comparisons to be made. You see some of the the young quarterbacks who come into the league and, they you know, they haven't played that much. Uh, just going to take longer to develop, and sometimes you get, you know, these guys who may, maybe weren't as highly regarded, um, who played four years in college, a la Draymond Green, and, um, you know, Brock Birdie, you know, guys who weren't first-round picks and weren't these, uh, you know, prospects, so to, so, so to speak, coming out of college. And then, like, oh, wait, and you're suddenly reminded, you know, that guy started a million games, and he has been trained for this way more than the young guys, you know. And, and so I like I like this story. I mean, he's playing great, and it's great for the city, great for the team. Um, but a, a good reminder, too, that uh, all these young guys in every sport, they, they need reps, they need experience.
3: Uh, who do you like Saturday morning?
5: Well, I picked Argentina in the pool, the team pool. So um, I'm sticking with sticking with Argentina.
3: No, I lied to you; it was Sunday. I'm sorry.
5: Oh, Sunday! I didn't know either. So okay. you're good.
3: So you're going to really be riveted to it based on the fact that neither of us know what day the game
5: is. <laughs> exactly. I will be watching though. No, it's been fun. It's been uh, it's been great to watch. I was captivated by Morocco. They put up an amazing fight, and uh, just to get as far as they did, and then to 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 pressure France the entire second half. I mean, they were just peppering that goalie. Uh, they were they were amazing to watch, and then to see all the rocking fans in the stands crying and uh just the passion the emotion of sports that's uh that's, that's what we love
1: steve speaking of uh passion emotion and uh games on saturdays last saturday and this is maybe the only good news that i i can deliver to you this week you don't have to get me minutes in paris with the olympic team after all my hoosiers go down to your wildcats who uh, they got NBA size up front. They are absolutely huge, and they got shooters. Indiana got inside-outed about as hard as I've seen Indiana get inside-outed in a really long time. Uh, Arizona, Final Four, write it down.
5: I uh, I did not see the game we were playing that night, but I will report to you that Will Sheehy, former Hoosier on our staff, uh, we had a bet, and Will was forced to wear an Arizona t-shirt at practice the next day and it uh, brought me great joy.
3: Did did he regard it as the great shame of his life as he should?
5: (laughs) He he definitely was somewhat humiliated which made it all the better.
1: Give my regards to Will and tell him I'm ready for a beer. Swap some war stories. I will let him know. Thank you so much Steve. Good luck the rest of this road trip and uh, we always appreciate your time. Have a good dinner tonight.
5: All right, thanks guys. We'll see you later.
1: Steve Kerr. You're on ninety-five-seven a game. Um, you know, I, I I thought maybe the most definitive thing he said was about Draymond Green. Now that's his guy. I mean, not that we needed to know, but I mean, he just dotted, underlined it, and said it once again. That's my guy. Hashtag Draymond forever. That's well, it's about as unreserved an endorsement of this guy gets to do what he wants. There might be rules for other guys on this team, but he kind of ruleless. And we like him to be our wild child, no matter if he can't stop from hitting teammates, to yelling at officials, to getting ejected. I think he stopped short of that, though. I
3: think what he does is say, I get why he does it, but I'll bet he had a talk with him about getting tossed last night afterward. It wasn't going to be a long lecture, but it was going to be... You can't do that. Yeah, maybe, maybe not Tyler Ford, you know maybe figure out another way maybe to pull back after the first one but no he, he is he is a profoundly loyal man uh, at least in terms of you know the players who have ridden with him or the players that he rides with and it's one of the reasons why clay thompson is always going to be in the starting lineup you know body permitting because he knows what he's going to get from thompson night in and night out and he believes in that and that's why The young guys, you know, frankly, have to earn their way in. And as Draymond Green has said more than once, it's harder to do that on a good team than it is, say, on a team like Detroit or Oklahoma City. You know, it's just it's harder to find minutes when the guy in front of you is demonstrably
1: better and has the jewelry to show it. A uh, couple of questions here. A couple of good questions and interesting questions coming in on the text line. You want to react to what Steve Kerr just said, the Warriors situation. Step on up. We're coming back taking your calls at 888-957-9570. What do you predict is the direction the Warriors are about to go in? Do you think that they've got enough to tread water through this? Or could they slip in a way we haven't seen them slip in a really, really long time? Uh, They have survived Steph Curry's absence in the past, but that was a much different basketball team. That was a better basketball team than this is. So we have that. uh, We've got that coming up for you. Dre Greenlaw, 415, ahead of tonight's 49ers game in Seattle. We're obviously going to get into that because it's a huge one. We've got our man John Dickinson joining us live at 445. And if you... Tuned in halfway through at the end of the Steve Kerr interview. We're going to jog that past you again tonight, uh, somewhere around 530. So stick around. Much more coming up. Damon and Rado here on 95.7 The Game. We are brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: The clock at four. Doncic.